This is the Friday Rundown for November 16th through the 20th. On this episode, you will get to hear about automotive marketing, the trucker's strike, and three particular EV stocks that had a monster of a week. Stay tuned. Final round, you lose. It is Friday, November 20th, and I wish you all well. I hope you all had a good week or as good of a week as you possibly could have. Thank you for tuning in to the Friday Rundown with me, your host, Dennis Wisco of Wisco Weekly. You know, and I got to say, I'm very grateful at this moment for a lot of new listeners that have tuned into the show. And seriously, I was asked most recently, you know, Dennis, uh, what what is it that you were doing with your show? And one of the things that came to mind was, first off, the inf- the image that has that that came up earlier this week of Newsom dining at the French Laundry restaurant and how on Friday a week ago he had made this announcement he had a press conference in which he apologized for this lack of care of not adhering to his own orders and philosophies And then all of a sudden, a few days later, I think this was on Tuesday or Wednesday, there was a picture that came out that some people took of him inside the French Laundry restaurant at a table of, I don't know, it was 12, 13 people sitting side by side. And in his press conference, he had mentioned that, uh, you know, I want to apologize. We were outside. We were trying to do our thing and I should have gone home and I apologize, blah, blah, blah. And then you see this picture surface and it's like no he he was he was not outside he was very much indoors having this dinner and I, I don't want to get into too much of that but so essentially someone was like so Dennis what is it that you're trying to accomplish with this podcast and it's like that we need to do a better job of holding the political elite we need to hold their feet to the fire hell sometimes we need to burn their feet because you just can't have this double standard that arises where on one hand, what is good for thee is not good for me. You know, he can, Gavin Newsom can come up with these executive orders that are, you know, prohibit the, the ability for a lot of people to gather, but yet he will go himself and do the gathering, you know? So anyhow, I'm trying to do my part to hold a lot of the political elite to hold their feet to the fire. And so I do encourage you, if you are liking what you're hearing on Wisco Weekly, please do. Yeah, here's a, again another shameless plug, but it does mean a lot because this is something that I, you know, I've I've thought about with regards to staying in California and fighting in California the things that I just don't agree with and one of which is a lot of the political elites and a lot of their ideologies and hence their policies that play out. So if you are liking Wisco Weekly, please do look to rate and review the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You could share this episode with a friend and get them to be a new subscriber. One of the things that I will be coming up or that will be coming up that I want to give to you all is a membership program that I think will provide you more value than it provides me. And that's, that's the way I think about it. 
you know, there was a comment that was on my, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a comment left on my Instagram of, again, going back to that uh, Gavin Newsom photo of him inside the restaurant, glad handing with uh, a bunch of uh, his people. And there was a comment on my Facebook by uh, Ang- Angie Watson. And she was like, you know, what is good for thee is not good for me. And in my head, I was like, you know, there's there was one thing that there, there's one kind of philosophy that I do like to abide by. And that is if to take that similar cliche is that, you know, what is good for thee is also good for me, you know, because I think that just you come from a better place at that point where, you know, you're you're wanting to bring people up and not have to separate this you know, the, these two worlds. So anyhow, that's a little bit about some newfound fire in me, uh, with regards to what's going on in the state of California, but nonetheless, Thanksgiving is coming up. I do hope that you are looking to take care of yourself as best as possible before you do see family and specifically elderly folks within your family. I just had a somewhat of an uncomfortable conversation, but nonetheless, a conversation that had to be had with my sister who lives in Los Angeles and she's going to be coming down to Orange County. And so, you know, because there's a a higher amount of cases going on in LA County because she works at a hospital, she is a frontline worker, you know, she she's just a bit more exposed. And we do have to, at this point, look at things with, you know, we, we have to look at COVID and what we're going to be doing for Thanksgiving. And in the foreseeable future, we have to look at it as a risk management. You know, there's still a very small chance that someone like myself at the age of 41 and other people like me will die from COVID, right? There's a very, very small, small chance, but you want to make sure you take all the necessary precautions and minimize mitigate your risk for exposure, for infection, for all those kinds of things. And if not for yourself, again, for elderly people. So I had to have a little bit of a firm conversation with her about having her and and the rest of her family kind of uh, self-quarantine and take care of themselves and maybe even get tested before they come down to see us. So it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. But look, I had it. I think that you should not shy away from that conversation if that is something that you need to do, if you need to have that conversation with another family member, have it and just don't be a dick about it, right? Like you're just doing this for the science, but you're also doing this because you want everyone to be as well taken care of as possible. And hopefully we can all go back to normal Thanksgiving of 2021. So it's one year to sacrifice some of the things that are going on now. All right. Let's touch upon a few things on this particular episode. One of the podcasts that I listen to, not often, not religiously, but every now and then, and it is a good podcast, okay? Let's make no doubts about this. This is a pretty good podcast. It's called The War on Cars, and it's hosted by three journalists and uh, they, again, it's, it's, it's actually a pretty big podcast. You could check it out um, or you should check it out. Again, I think it's, it's pretty good in a lot of ways. However, there is a political angle that they do take, obviously, given the name War on Cars. They're trying to eradicate, essentially, cars for, this, for the sake of the climate. Now, 
I heard an episode earlier this week, and one of the things that they were talking about, um, the 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 host of this particular episode was Aaron Napperstack, and uh, he interviewed an older gentleman who he 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 used to be an actor in Hollywood, and he got on the Green Movement. And then now he lives out in the sticks and then now he's basically, you know, very self-sufficient in his energy efficient home with his electric vehicle. And again, he just lives off the grid, but he lives a very, you know, carbon neutral life, let's call it. But in this particular episode in which I'm going to play a little, I'll play a couple of clips for you. Aaron Napperstack, the journalist, was nearly baffled at the most recent commercial launch of the Hummer EV. Okay. GM has launched their new Hummer in an electric vehicle. And they had a commercial on it where LeBron James was the spokesperson. And Aaron Napperstack was very baffled at this particular commercial. And here's what he had to say on that on the podcast. When I look at the Hummer EV, I don't really see the world evolving or changing as much as LeBron does. I see General Motors essentially selling us the same old stuff it's been selling for the last three decades, this time with some green wrapping paper around it. So this, when I first heard this, when I was in the car, my first thought was, this is sometimes the problem when you try to inflict so much social change that there is a disconnect on how to actually get to that social change, right? Because somehow in Aaron's world, there is this utopia that if as long as you write about it and you simply state the facts that somehow that society will accept what you are saying is true and they will internalize it and then they will adopt this ideology that cars are evil and we need to get rid of cars and we need to invest more in public transportation, and all those kinds of things so that we have a net carbon neutral country. We have a carbon neutral country, world, furthermore, right? So in this particular episode, he was interviewing this actor who, again, lives in the sticks, but he's an older gentleman, and it was eventually through having a Toyota hybrid Highlander that that jump-started him down the path of being carbon neutral in his own life. Here is that segment. So I wanted to know, does he think it's possible that the Hummer EV could move his fellow average-ass car guys in the same direction? Yes. I mean, that, my, my answer is, is yes. Is it obscene? Yes. Is it unnecessary? Of course. But what the Highlander did is it brought me, average Joe American consumer into the EV realm somewhat because, you know, it was a hybrid and it got me interested. And I, I felt like I was part of sort of a new team. He felt like he was part of a new team. Now that is the byproduct of actually buying and consuming a product that he found to be of value, that being a Toyota Highlander hybrid. And this is my kind of one big shtick against someone like Aaron and a lot of other people who would embody Aaron's ideology and thinking in that 
social change is what you need to do in order to enact this utopia of a carbon neutral country. And I don't, I, I, I think that it is just very short sighted and simplified to suggest that because in order to really make the kinds of social changes that Aaron wants, you have to first start with free market principles. You have to say to a guy like Tom, to a guy like Dennis, to many of us who are out there, that, hey, you should be looking to buy some of these products, these hybrids, these electric vehicles, because they bring value to you. That value could be money because you need a low, you know, low budget car and you want to save money on gas. That could be, well, look, I, I, I want to save a little money and I want to be friendly to the environment. So maybe I get a hybrid, but I need an SUV. So you get the Toyota Highlander hybrid. These are all things that only the market solves initially. And then after that, that's when you can have a greater explosion in electric vehicles. And that's what we're starting to see happen. As, you know, as I'll get to this a little bit later when we start talking about some of the different uh, stocks, uh, the EV stocks specifically, that are really enjoying some success right now. But so the whole idea of the Hummer electric vehicle coming out and GM running these million dollar ad campaigns for this particular vehicle, this is what's known as a halo car. A halo car are those cars that you look to in, you know, you, you have the general population look at a particular car and be like, Ooh, ah, that looks good. There's an emotional attachment. So then you have the emotional, you know, segment that is satisfied. The financial elements are satisfied and then you buy the product. And a lot of times the reason why you have a halo car is that that is just an indication. That's just a shell really that everything about that particular halo car, it's engine, it's battery, it's technology. All of that is a, is a model. It's, it's, it's a, it's a framework of how other cars within that automaker will be built. And hence that's where you need the likes of an automaker, the private sector, free market principles to take over so that it helps push along faster the adoption of electric vehicles. So that was that was a podcast I was listening to earlier that I thought that I was just like when I when I first heard Aaron Napperstack talk about how he was just baffled at GM running an advertisement on a Hummer EV that it you know to him there was it was not anything different I think he just misses the point on exactly what it takes to actually put into place a future that does have a future that is more green friendly. So that is the war on cars podcast. And one of the episodes that I heard earlier in the week, again, check them out again. I think they actually do some really good work. There's one of, one of the, one of my favorite books that I came across because of that podcast was policing the open road. I love one of my favorite amendments of all times is the fourth amendment. And this book policing the open road 
discusses exactly that in the early 1900s. And and just as a side note, I'm very fascinated with the early 1900s. I'm reading, I've read Policing the Open Road. Uh, I've read a book on Prohibition, and now I'm reading a book on Howard Hughes. And I'm telling you, the early 1900s, there's so many things that are going on now that were emblematic of what was going on in the early 1900s. I may have to actually do another podcast episode on that because it's actually very fascinating on the parallels between what we're doing now and what was going on 100 years ago. Moving on. Truckers strike. Have you heard of this? There is apparently some chatter on the interwebs of all truckers looking to strike on November 26th, which is Thanksgiving Day, till November 29th. Now, I've tried to look into this as much as I can, but I got to tell you, it's very confusing and unorganized. Now, let me go through a couple points on what I've seen so far. First thing is I've joined a Facebook group called Stop the Tires 2020. And I look, let me let me let me just let me just tell you this as straightforward as possible here. You go in this group and as they're trying to organize and strike, it's so cute. It is so cute. Let me read for you some of the things that I see in this Facebook group. So there's a post here that says, Stop, stop the tires 2020 will take place November 26th through the 29th. We have coordinated with many of supporters and are happy to announce our next dates, December 17th through the 21st. So they want to do obviously a second strike. There's a comment on this particular post that says, okay, WTH, what the hell is going on? Now a bunch of people saying everything has been canceled. Another saying y'all went to another page, losing people because of that crap. Again, you can see the disorganization that is going on with these truckers. Here's another post. Still can't, still can't have, you know, this is, they don't even speak proper English. Still can't haven't gotten answer to why do this in a three-day holiday weekend. Holy cow. Still can't haven't gotten answer. What the hell? All right, one more time. Still can't haven't gotten answer to why do this in a three-day holiday weekend. Don't you think it would get more attention on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Guess the brilliant minds in charge know best. I mean, this dude's even like throwing darts at some of the admins of the group and some of the organizers of the group. That's funny. Here's another one, although I'm going to have to paraphrase this because this just makes no sense. I think there's a lot of confusion why everyone is shutting down, but everyone can do do so for their own reasons, but most of all, it ties together. The voting fraud that Biden is the president-elect and he has plans to ban or slow fracking, which will raise fuel prices, and with freight down... Most can't afford that. He also wants to raise minimum insurance and he will make our payment higher and no one can afford that. He also wants to raise taxes and no one can afford that. 
So any way you look at it, it is all bad for truckers. And we can't afford that in this country. It's already, this country's already on thin ice. And so that's why hashtag stop the tires 2020. I had to paraphrase that because there's just lots of incoherent sentences and spelling mistakes and whatnot. So it, it's actually really hard to read that straight. But here, here's my take on it all. Truckers are wanting to stand up. They are your frontline workers. And I think we all know that or maybe need to be reminded of that, especially as we look at toilet paper supply and how that is again being hoarded on and many stores are running out of toilet paper and other products. And truckers are the ones that deliver these goods across state lines to your local stores. And so truckers are realizing how they are starting to get left out of this future and, and, and even just the, you could, I don't know, I guess you could say the immediate, immediate future of the things that are happening during COVID. And then especially if this plays out a little bit longer term, as this gentleman was talking about the elimination of oil and, or, uh, of, of, uh, fracking, you know, so that, that obviously will have some long-term effects, but what I find to be, you know, somewhat cute and charming about these truckers is they are not as good as organizing. I mean, let me be very clear, and I'm, I don't want to get too political here, right? But it's like, if you consider and compare them to the radical left, the radical left is just, they could send one tweet out and everyone's fired up and everyone's a go. And that's, and you know, the radical left is still a very much a leaderless movement. These truckers here, they, they don't, there's, this is also another leaderless movement, but you can kind of tell by a lot of the the tones and their messages that they're looking for direction. And w on one hand, when they look for direction, someone else conflicts and maybe they, someone else doesn't want to join the strike. Why do they, why do they not want to join the strike? Well, because they can't afford to do that because they still have to be able to put food on the table. So it's, you know, truckers, God bless their hearts. We need them. They're the frontline workers. I hope I mean, if they do strike, it, yeah, maybe the one dude was right. Like striking during Thanksgiving is probably not going to make the greatest impact. So in terms of wanting to prove your point and, and, you know, remind Americans how important they are, it might not be the greatest impact to do that during Thanksgiving. But nonetheless, it's just cute and charming how they are looking to find ways and find this balance of getting attention for their movement, but also knowing the fact that there's the practical side of it all. That's like, look, we still need a job. People still count on us. So what do we do? So it's kind of funny. I'll continue to follow this strike in this movement. And hopefully I might even try to get some of these folks on the, on the podcast here and they can share for themselves what's going on uh, with this trucker strike. Okay. Now it's time. It's time for you to go nowhere because I'm not going anywhere. All right, let's talk about the week in review when it comes to the stock market, baby. 
So I've noticed a trend for this stock market over the last couple of weeks now, and you can say that there's definitely some correlation to the Biden-Harris presidency that is starting to make itself a little bit more apparent. It's still too early to tell, but I don't think I'm very far off from suggesting this. And that is Biden and Harris are going to have a much more aggressive, or at least they're going to have, pay way more attention to climate change and to then companies operating in that space. Hence, one of the trends that I'm seeing in the stock market, and you're, you may be seeing this too, is a lot of the electric vehicle companies, or if you're not an electric vehicle, if you're not an EV automaker, maybe you're a supplier in that EV space. Boy, you are having a really good time. It looks like you're going to have a great Thanksgiving based on some of these stocks here that I've been tracking. So first, one of the stocks that I've that has come across my radar, it's a fairly new one, and the stock symbol is A-Y-R-O. Aero. Aero Inc. I think that's how you say it. I, I'm not too sure. Aero Inc. designs and manufactures light-duty, emissions-free electric vehicles for urban and community transport, local delivery, closed campus mobility, recreational, and government use. It offers a three-wheeled vehicle for professional and personal use. They have a club car for low-speed logistics and cargo services for campuses, and they also have a 4x4 car. The company was founded in 2017 and is based in Round Rock, Texas. This particular company over the last, again, at least just this week, the, this five days, has skyrocketed. I mean, it started the week down at the $4 range and has since doubled. And it closed out today at a little over $8. So... Oh, who would have who, who would have thought that this company would be doing as well as it has been doing? And let's see here. How long has this company? I mean, they, they've been around since 2017, but it looks like they've been, I mean, they only started trading earlier this year in May. So AYRO electric vehicle company works with a whole bunch of universities and governments. They have a combination of different vehicles that they've off that they offer. This stock has just gone through the roof this particular um, week. Another one, you know, this goes to how when we talk now about the electric vehicle market, you have to include automatically include what's going on in China. China has a few companies that have, again, risen to the top uh, of, of, of the U.S. stock market. As a matter of fact, everyone now talks about NIO, N-I-O is the stock symbol, like they talk about Tesla. It seems like NIO is developing a very hardcore enthusiast base. Xpeng is another one that has had a great week. One particular company that, again, for, well, let's see, has it been just this week? I don't know how you, again, it's a, it's a Chinese company. I don't know exactly how you would pronounce this. Their stock symbol is KXIN. And the name of the company 
or name of the stock is Kaixin Auto Holdings. Kaixin Auto Holdings operates as a used car dealership in the People's Republic of China. As of December 31st, 2019, the company had 14 dealerships. It also provides financing channels to its customers through its partnership with financial institutions and value-added services to its customers, including insurance, extended warranties, and after-sales services. They have had, again, a monster, monster week. Started the week trading right around $3, just a shy under $3. And this one has, again, doubled at the end of this week. Closed at over $6, $6.06. They were founded again in 2015. And they were founded by a Chinese internet company called Renren. Renren is a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange. Kaixin focuses on Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Land Rovers, and Porsches. And since all those luxury automakers are also making a greater, or they're, they're focusing more of their efforts on the EV space, this is one of the reasons that's being speculated on why Kaixin is doing well this week. Now you can't remove the Chinese market. And, and again, maybe you, you never could, right? But a lot of times the Chinese market was just kind of focused on the EV automakers. But here's a good example of how they're starting to evolve in their economies of how it's not just a matter about the automakers, but what are the existing facilities, the existing infrastructure that accommodates the EV space? One of those things being a dealership. And now you have Kaixin that is looking to expand and, well, I shouldn't say they're looking to expand. Their stock this week has seen rocket levels, has seen its highest levels ever. And a lot of that is due to the speculation of the fact that Audi, BMW, Mercedes, Land Rover, and Porsche are getting more into the EV game. And that's going to be a very attractive market. Those are attractive products in the Chinese market. Another company that again is in the EV space, not exactly a EV automaker. Blink, Blink Charging Company owns, operates, and provides electric vehicle charging equipment and networked EV charging services in the United States. The company offers residential and commercial EV charging equipment that enable EV drivers to recharge at various location types. It also provides Blink Network a cloud-based system that operates, maintains, and tracks various Blink charging stations and associated charging data, as well as provides property owners, managers, and parking companies with cloud-based services that enable the remote monitoring and management of EV charging stations and payment processing. Blink had a earnings call this week that I was on, and they missed their earnings. At that time, Blink was trading right in the, ooh, it was, it was in the $10, $11 range, I think somewhere around there. And they missed their earnings. The stock did nothing the, the following day. But over the last two days, and specifically today, again, this was, I think, on Tuesday, I believe, actually. On Tuesday, they reported earnings. 
and the stock was dancing, looks like right around the $13 mark, nothing really happened. And then by the end of this week, it closed out at $22.67. What? Blink Charging Company had another huge monster week. One of the things that their, I think it was their CEO that was on the call talking about, you know, their quote unquote forward looking statement was that Blink is just in a good position to not only own the chargers, but they own the infrastructure, the network by which all of the data gets collected. Now, it sounded great. And to be honest with you, I'll be, I will fully admit this. I'm just not aware of how other charging stations work. I'll look that up. I'll report back to you on that. However, Blink, charging company, Monster Week, started the week hovering at about $10. They had their earnings report. That shot up a little bit to about $13 and ended the week at $22. Hot damn. All right, so those are the three stocks that looks like just had great monster weeks. And again, these aren't expensive stocks anyhow. You know what I'm saying? All right, so that was some of the activity going on in the stock market as it specifically relates to the EV space. Again, I, I, I never really intended to start talking about a lot of these EV vehicles and, and companies, but there's definitely a correlation between the Biden-Harris presidency and a lot of these companies that are seeing some very record high weeks. Thanks for tuning in to this week of Wisco Weekly and the Friday Rundown. I will be back again next week. It might be a slower week going on in the stock market, obviously, but have a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Take care of your parents. Eat some good food. Enjoy life. Because you know what? You might not see 2021. Thanks, guys. Hey, listeners, have a listen to my assistant, Fiona, and all the information contained in this particular episode, especially as it relates to investing. Thanks. Wisco Weekly is providing this information for educational purposes only. We are not providing legal, accounting, or financial advisory services, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell any stocks, options, or other financial instruments or investments. Examples that address specific assets, stocks, options, or other financial instrument transactions are for illustrative purposes only and may not represent specific trades or transactions that we have conducted. In fact, we may use examples that are different or the opposite of transactions we have conducted or positions we hold. This site and any information or training therein is also not intended as a solicitation for any future relationship, business or otherwise between the members or participants and the moderators. No express or implied warranties are being made with respect to these services and products. All investing and trading in the securities market involves risk. Any decisions to place trades in the financial markets, including trading in stock or options or other financial instruments, is a personal decision that should only be made after thorough research, including a personal risk and financial assessment, and the engagement of professional assistance to the extent you believe necessary.